Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the TAO Intentions podcast. Our guest this evening is real estate lawyer Corinne Joseph. Welcome, Corinne Joseph. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm really glad to get you. I know I've been hunting you down for months now. So I'm really glad that you finally said yes and is now going to participate in the second season of this podcast series. Yes, I, I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> okay. So I just wanted to introduce you to the audience. Um, you are Corinne Joseph. I said it in English way, but en français, c'est Corinne Joseph. Um, you are a real estate lawyer. And I just wanted you to come on the podcast to kind of share your story, your journey. I mean, one of the things that I really wanted you to be on this podcast episode is because there are certain things that you've done over time that has truly inspired me and just kind of made me go, damn, girl, you know what I mean? So I really wanted to to have you on this podcast episode um, to talk. And I know that, you know, you're you're quite uh, shy from in my opinion. And so you don't necessarily like to talk too much about yourself. So we're going to try to make this as comfortable and as smooth as possible for you. And so that the audience can get to know you and your journey. Okay, sounds good. Okay, wonderful. Um, so tell me about yourself and your background. Yeah, sure. I was born in Montreal, actually, from a Haitian family. So within a Haitian family. And I moved to the national capital region sometime throughout high school and from then on you know I went on doing different um, activities or pursued different things and so today I'm a real estate lawyer but I'm also a filmmaker and yeah like I, I love traveling that's pretty much me in, in a nutshell wonderful I really like the filmmaker part I cannot wait to see some of your projects which one which we will talk about in you know future podcast episodes I would like to hear more about what you're doing outside of being a real estate lawyer now you had moved to Ottawa from Montreal um, how would you describe the difference between these two cities and what did you enjoy about each of them okay well obviously we all know that Montreal is a very diverse city, not only in terms of people, but in terms of uh, booming industries. And there's a, a lot to do. There's a lot of different uh, thriving sectors. Um, so much larger demographics. So in that sense, it is different from Ottawa. I feel uh, it has a little more focused on certain things like arts and culture and things like that, whereas Ottawa is very uh centered around main working force, which I would say is the federal um, public service. And so it's very family oriented and um, a a lot more calm as a lifestyle, I would say. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's that's my impression of the difference between the two. But obviously, I do enjoy both cities. I think both of them have a lot to offer to their um, inhabitants. And i I've enjoyed living in, in both places, to be for, honest. For sure. I mean, I've been to Montreal a few times, and I really do appreciate it. Um, I love going on the weekends because I just love seeing the people out and about. I have been to Montreal uh, during the weekday, and I, I did not I did not see the, the life as I, I would have seen if it was on a weekend. But I do enjoy the people. I find that they make a lot more eye contact. They're a bit more friendly and open. And that's just my own opinion. So 
I definitely understand where you're coming from. And I find that they're a bit more accepting and they're not as rigid um, as, you know, other cities. So I have nothing but positive things to say about Montreal in general. <laughs> okay, that's, that's good. That's good. Good to hear. Yes, Montreal born. So when was your first time traveling back home? Traveling back home? Well, uh, to be honest, I've always been... <laughs> traveler I've, tra- I've been traveling since a young age so I think the, ba- the first time I went back home I was two or three years old and uh, after that I went again I was eight years old and I've just I always go every now and then back to the Caribbean and Haiti specifically so okay yeah and what was the first thing you did that was exciting being in Haiti and could you list all your favorite activities that you did? Okay, well, maybe not the, the first time I went to Haiti, but let's say uh, my most recent travels. Uh, one of the things I love doing when I go to Haiti is like I, I, I love visiting family. I love traveling the, the country, like, uh, going to not staying within the capital, but you know, going to um, the north or the south. Of the country, going to the beaches there, uh, the food to me is just amazing. <laughs> in Haiti, like I love uh, uh, going to the beach and being able to eat like fresh seafood and uh, all the foods there. Like you know, they're just very. It, it just tastes so much more organic. So yeah, I love I love you know gastronomy in general. But yeah, so I love uh, Haitian cuisine and. I also enjoyed the music, uh, the the nightlife, in a sense. So there's always something happening during, you know, let's say if you go there during the December month, you know, there's always all kind of parties going on and um, house parties or public events. And so, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I like to go there and have a good time right, with my family. So. Okay. I also remembered you visiting Dominican Republic. Um, so how was that experience for you? Uh, Dominican Republic, uh, it's similar, right? Mm-hmm. So when I go to Dominican Republic, I do similar activities. So I go to the beach, I visit, uh, I do have family in the Dominican Republic as well. So I visit with them and we go shopping. I don't know. So, you know, we just sort of like take, take it day by day and and enjoy the time that uh, we're there in, in the sun. So that's probably one of the best things is the, the weather. And yeah, so okay, I think people that go to the Caribbean, they pretty much, they can say the same. Like one of the main reasons why you go there is to enjoy the, the beach and the weather and all that, right? Yes. And, you know, what other places have you visited in the world? I... Well, I visited quite a few places. <laughs> um, I visited a few places, a few cities in the United States. I went to France, uh, lived in Spain for a bit. I visited Portugal. Um, I also went to Australia. And yeah, that's all I could think of off the top of my head right now yes I, I definitely understand that don't worry you have your long list but um 
with when it comes to your bucket list is is there other countries that you would love to visit tell me a little bit about your bucket list okay so my bucket list i have yet to visit any country in asia so that's one of the things i would want to do like i want to visit uh, uh singapore um i want to also thailand um the middle east as well i would love to go to dubai and also Amsterdam and northern European countries such as Iceland, Denmark, etc. Mm-hmm. And also also like the other Caribbean countries. Like probably if I had some, if I wanted to go somewhere now, I'd, I'd choose somewhere in the Caribbean and or. South America, Colombia, or something. Yes, I definitely understand that. I don't know. I was looking at Barbados. Uh, I heard that, um, you know, even St. Lucia is somewhere that I would love to visit because I mm-hmm. wanted to hike their volcano. It's it's on my bucket list to hike their volcano. Um, so there, there are specific countries in the world that I would love to visit due to something that is very specific to that country. Um, so I definitely understand. And that's why I kind of asked you about your bucket list because, you know, I wasn't sure if that bucket list has changed. I'm really surprised that you haven't, you know, thrown, um, Rome in there. Rome? Or well, wh- what about yeah, the Greece? Like, Hello, uh, Greece. They're all, to be honest, Orchid, they're all in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would visit every country. Just give me a plane ticket and I'll go. I know. I yeah. saw, I think I saw a video for Turkey and I was like, what? Turkey's living yeah. it up. And I think with El Salvador, apparently, you know, they're building yeah. their tourism as well. And I saw a few things on TikTok and I was like, yo, I need to go to El Salvador. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I heard they had <laughs> super cheap drinks down there. And I was like, well, am I going to a country to get drunk or am I going to a country to, you know, enjoy? And I feel mm-hmm. I would like to do both. Not all day, but, you know, when the evening comes, I just want to sip on some some good rum that was made in that country that's not imported and and try you know so my list has developed uh for sure but i know that you know italy is definitely one of them and was it versailles yeah yeah Uh, yeah i i really want to see those places (laughs) yeah i mean i i did go to versailles and it is definitely worth seeing you know, especially if you like history, like architecture and all of that, and um, it's definitely somewhere to. It, it's special in its in its own way, right? Um, and as for Rome, Italy, yeah, it's on my bucket list because, as I said, gastronomy for me is I love to eat. <laughs> so yes, Italy is definitely on my bucket list in that sense. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Greece would, is on my bucket list because of the beaches. I hear there's like some pretty amazing, beautiful islands there that I want to spend some time on. And yeah, um, as I said, like every country has something to offer, right? Yes. So to me, just uh, as long as I know that, you know, I, I have something to do over there, or even if I don't have anything to do, there's a beach for me to lay on all day, and that's good. Like, just give me a plane ticket and I'll go. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And and I like how you decided to just kind of slip Versailles in, going, oh, yeah, I've been there before as well. I'm like, this girl. <laughs> well, I did say, 
Okay. Well, you asked me. You were asking me about my travels, right? So hey. Yeah, but you left out all the good stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you're when you ask me the questions, I can only say the things that come off the top of my head, right? But yeah, I've been to Versailles. I've been to France. I've also been to Brazil. Um, yeah. So I've been to a few places. All right. I'm I'm very much into architecture, and food. And just having a relaxing time. The only country I'm really not sure about going to is Germany. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I hear it's a, it's a it's still a nice place to visit. I've heard uh, um, some pretty good things about Germany actually. I know some people. The there's kind of like a sometimes like a stigma when they think of Germany because of its history and whatnot. But I don't think Germany today is necessarily what it was then. Mm-hmm. I think they are making a lot. They're making a lot of conscious efforts to dissociate themselves with that part of their history, and because of that, I think a lot of people have a lot of positive things to say about Germany today. Actually, mm-hmm. that's that's very true. I haven't really heard anything negative about it. But there was something that you did years ago um, that I'm actually considering doing myself. You had you moved to to Spain. And you had lived there for a bit. And one of the things that I really liked about what you did was while you were there learning the language and practicing your Espanol, you also took the time to get on the train and travel to different parts of Europe from there. And so when you had shared years ago that you did that, I was like, wow, why didn't I think about it? Instead of, you know, you know, flying all the way to England, for example, to spend money in an expensive hotel. I could have just went to Spain, get an Airbnb and, you know, buy my own food from the locals. And, you know, for certain days I would go for a day to to England or the UK or take the train to France because uh, I don't think I'd want to stay in France the entire time. So I would just kind of thinking about how what you did and how you did it just kind of opened my my spectrum of of traveling in Europe. Yes, I don't have to put myself in a situation where I'm breaking the bank to visit some unique places. So that that what you did gave me a really good idea, and I want yeah. to try it. I mean, I think it all depends um, how you see traveling and what you're comfortable doing and whatnot. Like to me, it's like I've always I've always seen traveling as not only something to do, but also like a way of life if you want like uh, I've always been of the mindset that whatever like, I, I do in in life like I enjoy the journey as much as I enjoy the destination mm-hmm. you know so that's um, true in everything that I've done like in terms of my career path or you know just that's just my general um, perspective towards life right so as a, when I travel i I like to, yes, I can travel and go to a resort and stay there for a few days and come home. But to be honest, the best travel experiences that I've had is when I had an opportunity to really immerse myself in a culture, immerse myself in a a new way of life. And so I've, I've always looked out for opportunities to do that, which is why most of the places that I've been to, I haven't gone there as simply, you know, like a, a week-long tourist or something like that, right? Like, I've always found opportunities, whether it's I go there to study for a year, 
uh, for or for like a three month course, and then I get to stay there and soak it in, soak it in, and and while I'm there, cause, so that's why I could do that in Spain is because I was there for a long time. If you're only traveling for a week, maybe maybe it's not necessarily the best uh, way of approaching traveling, where you're gonna stay in one country then travel back and forth. Though it, it is possible, everything is possible. But yeah, because I was staying there for a year and I was working there, and so that's why, like on weekends, I could, I, I had opportunities to travel around and different cities or even other countries around, and come back to where I lived in Spain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like that. I really like that a lot. So. Let's go back to because I, I feel like we can literally dedicate this entire podcast episode to talking about traveling. Um, but we're gonna get back to the topic of hand, which is you as a real estate lawyer. So, did you attend high school, college, and university in Ottawa, or what's so I attended high school both in Montreal and in the National Capital Region? So, like, I attended high like the, my last years of high school in hall mm-hmm. so like on the quebec side so that's where i finished high school and then i went on to college and university in in ottawa mm-hmm. and what did you study in college so i did I, I okay so i started off with uh, social sciences and then i i switched over to theater arts and then i studied uh, communication in university and then i went to law school so Okay. And what fascinated you about the arts and made you want to become an actress at that that time of your life? Well, I've always I've always loved the arts. It's always been a part of me and I think it's part, it's part of how I see the world around me, right? So from a young age, I've always liked colors and drawing and music and dance and and theater. And throughout high school, I, I did theater and dance. So um, me wanting to do theater arts was almost like a, a natural inclination. And in fact, it's not something that's ever went away. It's still part of me. That's why like, today I'm, yes, I'm a lawyer, but I'm also a filmmaker, right? Because I, I also have that part of me that wants to go out there and create and tell stories and whatnot, so. All right. I know you decided against that direction upon going to university. So what changed your mind? What changed my mind? Yeah, because even though so, it was an inclination, you know, you love the arts, you could have definitely went into the direction of just focusing on being an actress. But you had changed your mind and, and decided to go to university and study something else. So what changed your mind? I actually did not change my mind. To me, I did theater arts because I wanted to... To do that, I wanted to know more about theater, and so that, like, I had a love for theater. But once I, I've always wanted to move on and continue with my studies and gain knowledge in other things in other uh, fields. So that's when I went to communications because, to me, communication was almost like a, an extension of of theater, but towards. A profession like towards the a liberal profession right it's a mm-hmm. step towards the liberal profession but coming from um what 
you could say is purely art and performance performance arts, right? Because in communication, that's where you find public relations, you find um, broadcasting, journalism, all of those to me, it's, it's another expression, it's another form of expression and telling stories and communicating, right? So mm -hmm. that's why I chose uh, communications, to do communications in, um, in, in university. And even so in university, like I also did videography and things like that mm -hmm. while I was doing communication. And so, and then after that, like I, I took the final step towards the liberal profession, which is going to law school. And so, so that I know that, you know, because I, both my parents are professionals. So to me, being a professional was almost like, um, almost like, uh, how do you say that? Like a family, a family heritage in the sense, you know, it's something that I vote, I wanted for myself as well. Mm -hmm. And once I could establish myself as a career woman, then to be able to explore my other interests, you know, but without necessarily certain concerns that I, I would have if I was not, if I didn't have the like a security that comes with um, having a, like a profession, right? Yeah, I know there's a lot of struggling actors and actor actresses out there that, you know, have, you know, considered maybe giving up on their career because, you know, they, they had bills to pay and they had, they needed food. So I can definitely understand, especially with the direction that you went through, you went on. I, f I personally think that it was a, a really positive one for yourself and for your family. So w what were you able to do with that degree, uh, with the communication degree that you received from the university? Oh, well, uh, with my communication degree, like I did a lot of things. Like I, I worked for the university at some point. I did event planning for the university. I did um, almost like a, a, a public relation type of, uh, I had a, with relation type of uh, employment at some point and then I worked for the federal government as well where I had the chance to use those skills right because I worked in uh, the media department and then after that I also worked um, in another department which was the labor department but I used the skills that I had learned in communication like videography to be able to do um, interesting or new a, a new version of uh, video training, right? I did short films for mm -hmm. uh, the department there, and right. I think it it uh, it changed the way that I think, right? I I tend to think outside the box, and I always think of my you know who's my audience and what message am I trying to. Um, what message am I trying to communicate and all of that. So all those are things that I took or I learned from my time at the university in the communication department. Okay, that's beautifully done. Thank you for kind of breaking that down because that's something I, I didn't know. And I really like how you had based your decision to go into communication based on your passion um, for acting and the arts in general. Mm -hmm. So I really like how you tied them both in. Now, upon moving, you know, to going to law school, what made you decide to pursue law? Well, I went into law because 
there's actually a lot of things that different things that you can do with a law degree, right? So not all lawyers or litigation lawyers or criminal lawyers. You know, there are actually some people who have a legal degree are not even lawyers at all. Like, you know, you have a lot of um, journalists who are lawyers or um, a lot of uh, authors that are lawyers, etc. So as I mentioned, I love traveling a lot. And one of the things that I had thought when um, going into law school was that I could use my law degree towards um, international development, right? Because again, as I said, I, I love traveling. I love um, international relations and the idea, the idea of being an international, an international lawyer in, in that sense. But of course, so once you enter law school, then you just you get the chance to discover other things in other areas that you didn't know. So, which is why today I'm not necessarily doing that, but I have found real estate which I actually really enjoy so you know that's why today I'm a real estate lawyer. Okay and how hard was it or was the process to get into law school? Well you know there's it's always demanding to get into any university program right and especially when there is a lot of demand for the program so I know for um, law school you have to in most cases, you have there's there's an exam to pass, and you also have to write a, a personal statement letter, and so all of those are steps that you know, depending on the on the person, like can be harder or easier depending on their skills and how comfortable they are doing that. Like for me personally, um, it wasn't too difficult, just because I have always been good with. Uh, with writing, right? So writing is one of my strengths. So writing my personal statement was simple enough for me, right? But um, again, I'm not saying that to say that it's not hard or anything. But um, yeah, so that's my that's my experience. Okay. So upon getting into to law school, um, there was a law program um, that had a mentorship program. So tell me about that experience. Okay. Well. Uh, it's not that the program itself had a mentorship program. It's just a part of one one of the many things that was offered while you were in law school, you know, by surrounding associations or associations that want to integrate the new classes, the, the new students coming out of law school and whatnot was Yes, like a mentorship program for like uh, supporting women in law, etc. And I had participated in one such program, and so and I had found like a few a few uh, mentors in in the context of that program to give me some insights on the profession and what to expect moving forward or when I when I left law school, etc. So. That's what the mentorship program was. It's not that it was part of the University of Ottawa Law School program itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And what was her advice to you? Well, her advice was pretty much the same as you would hear from most career counselors, right? So those being, don't be afraid to ask questions, set goals for yourself, work hard, evaluate yourself, learn introspection so you know that you're on the right path and be honest with yourself about what you want 
and above all, be confident and go for it. Okay, that's pretty good advice. Was it what you expected it to be after the first semester being in law school? It was pretty similar to what I was expecting. It was very demanding in terms of uh, the lectures and how much reading that was to be done. So it's definitely not a program where I would encourage procrastination if you want to do well. But um, like anything else, it's it's very doable. You know, you just have to uh, be disciplined, like uh, in in every program. Okay. So, what was your focus specialization before attending law school? What was the chosen specialization after you completed law school? I wasn't sure if, you know, when you decided to go into your law program that you specifically thought I wanted to be a real estate lawyer. Is this something that you had thought about prior to attending law school or is it just something you developed at the end? And that's why I was just trying to kind of gauge what was your your specialization going in from when you left. So prior to going into law school, I wasn't... uh fully aware of everything that was available, like the legal profession, so all the types of uh, different fields that, there, that were out there. But so because of that, my expectations were pretty typical, You, I would say. So I, I thought, okay, maybe I can do public law, international law, um, and social justice things like that, and leaving law school, I knew that I could do more than that, but in, in a lot of ways, it would depend on the opportunity that I, I had once I was in a firm, and you know, I would get the opportunity to try different things, and even when I was in law school and when I left law school, real estate remained one of the things that I actually really enjoyed, so... You know, even from outside of the legal profession, I think real estate is very interesting field. So that's why I, I stuck with the real estate. Okay. You had done some work in Haiti at a law firm. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So I was uh, a summer student at a, at a firm in, in Haiti. The, it was a corporate law firm. So I did, um, as you know, as many law students or summer students, I did due diligence and things like that. But it, it was still a very interesting experience. And after experiencing that, you know, why did you decide not to, to maybe go go on the journey of becoming a corporate lawyer? Well, I don't I don't think it's that I it's it, it's not like after experiencing that, like after being a, in the, at the corporate office, I decided I would not do corporate law. It's just, it, I, I, it's not necessarily something that called to me specifically, so or particularly. So that's why I ended up, I did not end up going in that direction. Okay. And so when you worked at this law firm, was it before you started law school, during law school, or was it after law school? It was during law school. Okay. No, what was your experience like working at your first job in Haiti? Because I assumed it was your first job in Haiti. Oh, yeah. In that sense. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, well, it was the only job that I worked in in Haiti. Okay. And how... How was that experience? Oh, it was fun. Like, to me, it's like uh, it was an opportunity to see, like, you know, what uh, corporate life was like in the Caribbean and, and in that country in particular. Mm-hmm. And it gave me 
an opportunity to meet different types of people and professionals and network. So it, it was a good experience overall. Okay, good. So now we're, we're going to go in through the timeline of you completing law school. Um, you had done a placement. Where did you do that placement? Oh, so I did the placement in Toronto. Like basically, I, I articled in a firm that mostly focused on litigation and more specifically on litigation against public, against public uh, bodies such as police boards, hospital boards, etc. Mm-hmm. All right, then. And, I, and also, I did a little bit of criminal law while at that firm. Criminal law, okay. And which one of those experiences did you like the most? Well, I like both of them just fine, to be honest. Yeah. Criminal law, I, yeah, criminal law is, is very interesting as a, as a field, you know, like, you get to also see like um how people feel like on the other side of the justice system right so okay and why did you decide to do your placement in in toronto and not ottawa or montreal for example because i like change <laughs> i like traveling i like change and to me it's like i spent all my time in ottawa and it was time to to do something new okay well it's it seems to me that you know living in toronto is is suiting you quite well <laughs> in my opinion. Did you also study for the bar while doing that placement at the same time? I did, yes. Oh my goodness. So you had you had worked in a placement, did all of those, you know, contracts and, you know, worked with all of those documentations, which I'm sure, you know, it wasn't an easy job and required a lot of work. And on top of that, you were studying for the bar at the same time. You are brave. Well, to be honest, I've, I've heard people talk about the articling uh, period and what it's like for them. And I understand that some firms are actually really very demanding towards their articling students and they barely have time for themselves and time to study and whatnot. But I was lucky in that sense because my principal lawyer was very lenient, was very encouraging. As the bar approached, he would even let me have some time off like, to, to study and things like that so in that sense I was I was very um, fortunate yeah it sounds like a very encouraging environment and that you know the person that you worked for was very understanding that's very good that's a that's a very good way to you know groom and mentor and help your the students under you so I that's a very very good placement to be a part of so where do you currently work as a lawyer and what do you do for this company? Okay, well, I currently work at a firm called Debbie Smith Frank in Toronto or in the Greater Toronto area as well since we have offices in three different locations. And I do real estate, so mostly residential real estate. So I help individuals buy homes, sell homes, refinance their, their property. Mm-hmm. And uh, any transaction that have to do with the residential property. Okay, that's awesome. And it sounds to me that you know you're you're really enjoying this job and working for this company. So I'm glad that you know you found a place to work that you truly enjoy, and it you know makes you it give, gives you some purpose and happiness. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. Mm-hmm, for sure. Thank you. <laughs> so where can people find you or at least follow you? Okay, well, I am on LinkedIn, so you can always uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. And we have we have a website, 
Debbie Smith Frank, and so you can also find my contact information there on our website. All right. Um, so thank you so much for participating in this podcast episode and just kind of allowing the audience to to be on the journey with you and your thought process through why you do did what you did and and why you chose this path and in future podcast episode i would love to talk about how you are still applying your artistic um dream and and passion um right now being a lawyer um especially on outside of of working for a firm so thank you so much for for participating in this podcast episode thank you thank you for having me i enjoyed um the conversation and the so hopefully it was helpful to your listeners and if you know, they need real estate services, then you know, they know where to find me. Exactly. That's what it's about. So yes, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast episode. I hope you have learned from our guests today and take what they have shared on your journey. Visit our social media pages for updates on our guests per week and our guests on the YouTube channel. Our social media pages are Facebook at The Ambitious Obsession, Instagram and Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. You can find our TAO Intentions podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Don't forget to follow and share your favorite episode with your family and friends. Have a splendid day.